Hello and welcome to the 125th episode of the Sausage Factory, which is brought to you by Spong.com and hosted by me, Chris O'Regan. In this show, we interview video game developers and ask them how they made their start making games, what their influences are and who inspires them. Split into two halves, the show initially focuses on the developer themselves, and in the second half we discuss the game they're here to promote, which in this case is Drive, Drive, Drive by Different Cloth. Gordon, who Hello. are you and what do you do? Uh, I am Gordon yes. and I make video games. I'm also a Different Cloth. There's really only one of them. There's only one of you. So yeah. that's, that's a fantastic name. Where did they come from? Uh, it came from my brain. Like most <laughs> is, it, uh, is, it, is it a literal reference or is there something? Yeah, it's from the phrase cut from a different cloth. Indeed. indeed. So, because all the games that I try to make uh, are different, different from what other people would imagine. That's what I aim to do. That's, that's an understatement when it comes to uh, drive, drive, drive. It's, it's nuts. Um, how did you make your start making flashy, lighty video games? Um, I started off working in advertising for my Sims. And okay. uh, it was a long time ago, uh, 2000. And at the time, uh, Flash was just getting started out, the browser technology Flash. And I yes, was yes, always interested in games. And yeah. I just started making games in my spare time initially in, in Flash and had a couple of them that, that were reasonably popular, nothing mega. Um, and then when iOS, uh, when the iPhone, first iPhone started to hit, I made a game called Lilt Line, which was a minimalist dubstep rhythm racing game. And... Uh, yeah, that got an IGF award. A few people bought it, not that many, but that uh, allowed me to get funding for my next game, which was Derek the Deathfin, which was a PlayStation 3 underwater papercraft game. Um, yeah, and then from there, uh, I started to make Drive, Drive, Drive. So that's like a, that's a very quick history, isn't it? It is. I mean, um, we have uh, one of the things I like to ask is, like, what is the very, very, very first game you, you yeah. made? And like, what do you mean? It's like, were you six? And then we start talking about okay. that. What's the first thing yeah. you created, do you think, as a video game? Do you remember? I love asking yeah, this. Yeah, uh, it, wasn't, it wasn't when I was six, actually. It was, no. a, it was a flash game, I think, called No Circles. It was a, a puzzle game. In fact, the website's still up, nocircles.com. If anybody's got Flash, which nobody has anymore, you can play it. But so yeah, you... it was just kind of an abstract, minimal puzzle, puzzle kind of game. So you started making games when you were an, ad- an adult then? You didn't dive into it as well? Yeah, I was basically an adult. I think I was about uh, 20, yeah. Yeah, that was so right. I, yeah. As a kid, I didn't do anything, so I always fail those, um, you know, proper geek tests. Of, you know, <laughs> <laughs> oh, really? So you never really, I mean... No. You, oh, okay. So you didn't dive into coding and stuff like that. So, wow. I was too busy playing games in those days. To, yeah. to, and I, I don't know why. Yeah, it didn't really... Um, I don't know. No, All no. the way to university, it was just towards the end of university, I started to get interested in the internet when it was starting to become a thing, as I'm, I'm an old man. so right. and, and, you know, all these new technologies coming out. Then I started to have this creative urge. I didn't really, when I was a teenager, certainly I was too lazy. And at university, I was too busy, you know, wasting my time and doing things that people at university do. Yes. So, yeah, it kind of came later for me, the whole games creating thing, yeah. And you, you, you delved into to Macromedia Flash thing, that uh, was dominant for a very long time until suddenly people realised this is not very good, is it? No. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, it was good at games, wasn't it? It was good at um, making games, and the, the platform was millions of people had it. So yes. if you wanted to make a great game and stick it up on a website, it was great for that. It was great for that, but apart yeah. than the other stuff of it creating fat, massive memory yeah. leaks and then <laughs> yeah. bringing your your computer to its knees 
yeah. <laughs> was the problem. It would do that too. Yeah, <laughs> it, it, it would do that on a regular basis. Yeah, sometimes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Well, that's that's certainly a, a nice little potty history uh, of uh, how you sort of started making. And uh, you, you said you made um, some, uh, an indie game on uh, the PS3. Uh, that's, yeah. That was quite an exciting time, isn't it? Really, in, in the uh, believe it or not, it's actually ten years ago that all kicked off. But uh, that did change things quite a lot in the industry, don't you believe? Uh, what the PlayStation Three? No, I was thinking about the fact that we could get indie games on 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 uh, consoles. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, the game was called Derek the Deathpin, and it was it was it was one of the first Unity games on on PlayStation Three. I think it was the second one. Right. I don't know if somebody else did one, but yeah. So it, obviously now Unity and PS4, it's pretty easy. In those days, it was it was quite yeah, cutting edge, bleeding edge, whatever those blood and an edge metaphor you want. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I mean everything kind of opened up, didn't it? Uh, around about the time when I started to take it reasonably seriously, obviously uh, the iPhone kind of blew everything out of the water, I think. And then from there, the consoles kind of followed, and now I was able to get a game on PS3, and now you know it's relatively easy to get get permission at least to put a game on ps4 yeah yeah uh, it's it's a uh, very interesting times um mm. to, to in uh, video game land as regards to indie development and uh, releasing of you know the vast plethora of platforms you now sure. have available to you yeah and it's, um and it's this is a good thing uh i, I believe in the fact that the mere concept that uh, you know, 10, 15 years ago, the idea of releasing an indie game on a closed platform like a console was mm. unheard of. It's like, no, it was. No, no one does that. No, it's amazing. It's really, really good, isn't it? It's easier than ever to make games with Unity is what I use for Derek and also for Drive, Drive, Drive. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's so, in terms of a 3D game engine, it's really so easy compared right. to anything else. Right? Not that I'm an expert. Well, I should be an expert, shouldn't I? But not really. <laughs> uh, I just hack it together and hope it doesn't break. But... Um, yeah, so I mean, yeah, it's easier than ever to create things with Game Maker or Unity or whatever you want, uh, and easier than ever to get stuff on platforms that millions of people potentially can see, isn't it? So yeah, people kind of forget that in the in the swathe of you know, there's millions of games. Why is mine not selling? Kind of thing. Yeah, Which I, guess- I, I do read a lot of articles. There's been a couple of things that have cropped up recently. Although this isn't a topical show, everyone, is it? That's right. But uh, there's some things that have cropped up recently. Like, why didn't this work out well? Um, but um, yeah, I, I, Drive 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 really suits PS4 very very well. Although it works on Steam as too, I mean, um, of course. And I've actually got a link box with my 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 PC, so I throw it on. I've, I throw as many indie games onto my large television as I can because they look cool. better, <laughs> and I like playing from my couch. Uh, yes. you know, it's it's great playing um, Hyperlight Drifter on uh, on your couch. It's very good <laughs> if you can do it. I recommend it highly. <laughs> but I don't want to talk talk about that. Um, and I just thought one final thing before we move on to the next question is uh, Unity. Then you, you're an early adopter of that. Uh, yeah, I guess so. Uh, I was working uh, an, at an agency full time when I first kind of encountered it, and yeah, I just picked it up pretty early. It just seemed to me really easy uh, at the time. I had no 3D gaming experience, a bit of 3D other technology stuff, but I just picked it up and tried to make a little prototype with it, and it just seemed like everything that you would need to make a game was easily accessible. A 3D game was easily accessible there. So, so you were thinking, oh, I'm going to do this. This is going to be hard, and then you're like, oh, there's a method for that. Great. You just kind of, you know. Are you using C Sharp with it as well? Or? <laughs> yeah, C Sharp, yeah. Okay, so you're not just, um, forgive me, I'm not the developer myself, I have an understanding of this stuff, yeah. but you have mm-hmm. to use one with the other, do you not? Otherwise it all falls apart. 
Uh, what, uh, yeah, you have to use C Sharp or uh, the version of JavaScript they have. I've now used that for years, to be honest. <laughs> okay. Well, let's move on to your influences then. So, as a creator of video games, what do you believe influences you? Um, this is a really, really difficult question to ask, and some people go, Chris, this is a bit facile. It's not. What I'm asking is, what do you believe you draw upon constantly, whether you like it or not? Uh, I'm not sure. I listen to a lot of music, mm. I guess. So, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess yeah, music is a big influence, big inspiration for me. So Drive, 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 the music is by Zombie. Yes. So uh, I go synthy, prog, post-rock band. I've been listening to them for years, like, I don't know, 10 years. And then when I had the idea of this game, I wanted to put some different music in it, and that was quite a big driver to have, have something that's not, you know, uh, I'm allowed to use a little bit of swearing, cock rock, kind of, you know, <laughs> whatever it is, Green Day, EA, kind of, you know, the, you know the kind of music you normally get in mainstream yeah, drive. it just makes me wince thinking about it. Um, yeah. yeah. I wanted to, was, there was very much not that. And also, uh, graphically, I'm quite design-led, so I wanted the, the look and the feel of the game to be different, the menus to be nice and different, the, the graphic design of the of the game elements to be different too. So I guess those two things okay. are quite a big influence on me. And my first game, my first commercial game on uh, iPhone, Liltline, was all about um, dubstep. Right. It was when dubstep was a kind of an emerging, interesting thing. It was a, a, a London-based band called 16-Bit. They're no longer together, and they made that very grating kind of aggressive kind of dubstep and the the, the game was all about visualizing the music and flying through it and tapping on the beat and stuff in a kind of abstract style so i guess those two things are, are a constant influence on yeah there's definitely got something going on there um and yeah I, I i i do adore music although i'm terribly picky <laughs> and for me to uh like someone recommend a, 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 a for me to discover new music is very difficult, very hard these days. Because I'm yeah. on. But it's just the way it is. It's like, we're, we're, I'm big on counter melodies. I do love that. Right. And yeah. if I don't get that, and if it, if, it, if it becomes sort of flat and bland, like, please, is this lift music? <laughs> is this going to yeah. is this going to do anything? You know, interesting or is it just okay? <laughs> you know, and uh, that I found myself. That's generally the thing I I'm drawn to is if, it, if it's got that. At the very least, and then it's built around that, then I, I get something from it. But no, that's a brilliant answer because it's to say just one medium because that's what it is. And it's a very important one, uh, but just yep. one medium um, is to say that now gives me inspiration and and to, to drive on to make games like Drive, Drive, Drive. Um, it's a great pun. <laughs> but, um, so moving on to the next question then. And this one's quite hard to answer as well because um, you don't want to hurt anyone's feelings. But what developer do you most admire in the industry and why? Well, I've been friends with um, uh, Choice Provisions, who used to be gauging games, the BitTrip guys. Yes, I adore the BitTrip runner games. They they always have a fantastic booth at PAX. Yeah. Um, uh, But yes, carry on. Yeah, so uh, I met them. I was a fan of their games before uh, on the Wii when they were all out on the Wii. Yeah, fantastic stuff, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they were all great, like minimalist, abstract, and, you know, uh, related to the music. So kind of tickling the itches that I'd like to scratch, if that's not too much of a revolting metaphor. <laughs> that's fine, yeah. Uh, yeah, so uh, I'm uh, Alex uh, Noiser from 
well, noisy, uh, from Gage and Games. He uh, played Little Man on the iPhone. He got in touch with me when he was coming to London, and we met, and uh, they ended up making a version for Wii on WiiWare. Wow. And so since then, uh, we've been friends since then, and they funded um, Drive, Drive, Drive. They funded and published and helped a lot with, uh, with the making of Drive, Drive, Drive as well. So if I'm going to name drop anybody in the industry that I respect and admire, it's definitely those guys. Yeah. And we're good friends as well, not in a you know, made-up way. No, no, no. I, I love the... Uh... DS version, the complete one. Yeah, you got yeah, all, yeah. All the, I, I, I actually played it on the on the plane. So I do a lot of traveling, and yeah, uh, you know, I, I, I intermix that with Zelda and, <laughs> and regular sort of traditional games because sometimes you just get like uh, more more sort of tunes about you know running around picking up rubies. I know. Let's do some running games <laughs> with, yeah. with some music, you know, and uh, also as a fan of Cannibal and stuff like that, it's. Uh, yeah, Cannibal was great. It was glorious. And, uh, Anyone else? It's, yeah, uh, Mario Galaxy, obviously, it's an obvious one, but I love the Mario Galaxies. Right. And uh, 3D Mario, the, the 3DS one, the, that team, uh, um, that Nintendo team who make those games, it's the same team as they made Galaxy 1 and 2 and uh, New Super Mario. And all. They're amazing, these crafted games. I love them. So my last question, then, um which is my favourite question because it gives me a hint as to what you're working on next. It doesn't, but I like to think it does. And also, also I'm legally required to ask it because this is a podcast about video games. All right. It is. What are you playing right now? <laughs> what am I playing? Oh, nothing. Really? What am I playing right now? I'm talking to you. No, no, no. Uh, no. As in, you know, what's, what's occupying your time when you're not... Uh, not uh, fiddling with drive, 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 and well, what mm. it's tricky. I don't get that much time to play. I've got three kids, okay. three young kids, yeah. uh, and a very demanding wife. Uh, <laughs> no, no, I haven't. She's she's, she's lovely. Yes. Uh, uh, but yeah, no, I've got three kids and a family, so I tend to dip in and out of games, like play them quickly. Okay. The last game I played for any length of time was probably Thumper. Oh, now we could talk about Thumper, and it's not surprising yeah. that you like Thumper, considering the whole. It's not thing. when I when I told you my what my influences are, then you can understand why I picked up Thumper as soon as I was able to. So I played it first at PAX Prime, I think, last year, and uh, I had no idea what I was looking at. Mm. <laughs> but I thought, why is everyone really excited about this game? Oh, that's why. Um, mm. Never have I experienced base as a weapon. Yeah. <laughs> Dropping yeah. a base. Actually, yeah. dropping a base is a weapon in Thumper. Sure, um, that's cool. Isn't it? Yeah, it's just I've... glorious. What, what do you get out yeah. of it? Uh, what I do with that game, because as I said, I don't have much time, so I, I play it late at night, right. like about eleven o'clock. Right. I've got a, a little cube office in my garden. That's where I, where I work from. Okay. And it's hooked up to my PlayStation, hooked up to my speakers and stuff like hi-fi speakers. So I switch the lights off. It's late. Turn the volume up for, and just terrify myself. <laughs> Half an hour with Thumper, and that's pretty cool. That's I, I find it mentally exhausting. No offense to the developer, mm-hmm. with maybe get sure it is. It, that's what they say. Rhythm violence is what they call it. It's supposed to be intense and in your face, and you know, an overwhelming experience, isn't it? Yeah, it does that. It, it does that with with a plum, and uh, it certainly delivers on all of those counts. Mm. But what I find is that um, it's I don't know. It's the levels are very complex. Uh, mm. more complex than people give it credit because when they start playing it they think oh how hard can this possibly be all you've got to oh god <laughs> because it's, yeah. you, you're having to manage lots of different buttons and then hit those pips right on otherwise yeah. if you don't 
the whole sequence of events that you've built for the past ten minutes, maybe not that long, but several sections, just fall away. Um, mm. So it's 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 it, especially when the boss battles. I mean, those boss battles are terrifying. But it's also the visuals are very very unique. I mean, the mm. the, the, monster, the monsters with these all got this big sort of tongue lolling out and you're yeah, yeah, throwing yeah. things. It's a, an amazing game. Have you tried it in VR? No, I haven't. Yeah, it's just nuts in VR. It's just, even worse. I'm sure it is. It's even worse, sure. actually, yeah. Um, but why, why you're a space bug, I don't know. I, I, <laughs> it's a question I'd like to ask the developer one day. Why? But maybe it's not important. But yeah, you're right. Space bug. I think my, my favourite manoeuvre is actually to jump and to drop down onto onto the pip. You know the one where you, we have to... Yeah, uh, yeah. To sort of race satisfying. It. Yeah, it's very satisfying when you hit it. Mm. Uh, but yeah... Well, fantastic. First half is over. Well done. Thank you. Yes. Did I pass? Yeah, you did. You did with, with, with the flying colours. Um, it's, uh, yeah, I, I like to think this shows a little bit like a video game where we have boss monsters. And this is the mini boss where you've managed to okay. answer the last question because it's, uh, I have some people go, I'm just playing a game I'm making. Yeah, I'm sure it's great, but is there anything else? You sort of, sort of, it's got to be something else, but no. Yeah, well, you know, it's, uh, if you're, uh, if you're, well, I find as a game maker, uh, if something interests me, I will dip, I will quickly try it out. Mm. And to get the idea, even in about half an hour, and then I'll just leave it. Yeah. Unless it, unless it's something that really grips me, I won't play games mm. for much longer than half an hour. No. Because there's no time. No. And I want to see what it's got and how that can influence things and what it's doing, and then I want to move on. I don't know. Yeah. So it kind of ruins games, doesn't it? Making games um, ruins your enjoyment of other people's games a little bit. Commentators like me also suffer from a similar problem, where it's slightly yeah, different. sure. Um, mm. And uh, I don't say journalist; I say commentator because I believe that's what we are. Um, but very enthusiastic ones, at least I like to think I am. Yeah. And, uh, you know, there are times when you sit in and going, oh, I see what they've done there. What if they did it like this? And this is where this, this show gave birth because I wanted to ask those questions <laughs> of those developers, like, well, you did that, but why? And this is what I'm yeah. going to tease out from you. So let's do that then. Let's do that with Drive okay. Drive. Let's, let's move into the second half where we talk in detail about Drive Drive Drive. Zeroth questions, as a more frequent. Um, basically, tell us about Drive, Drive, Drive. Okay, so Drive, Drive, Drive is a driving game about racing on multiple tracks at the same time. Um, it's kind of a mixture of uh, arcade racing, track management, and uh, stupidity. Uh, so basically, you have a number of tracks in a stack, and you've got to uh, manage them. They're all going on at the same time, and all the other racers are stupid apart from you. You can only race one track at any one time. So you've got to kind of hop between the tracks over one lap to position as well as you can across all the races. 
Now, fortunately, it's easier to play than it is to describe. That's a problem that I have. But, it's... Uh, yeah. Okay, so I'm going to help you. At least I'll try to help you. Someone who's, right. someone who's, who's who experienced the game himself. Um, mm-hmm. It's basically... The, the key to it, I've found, is um, understanding that you have these multi-tiered tracks. And whilst you're... You know, you, you, you're positioned in one place as you're driving in one another. There's a mirror of you driving not so well on another track. You must understand that they're driving as best they can, but not quite as well because they are not under your control, your guidance. And they'll do everything they can within reason, but they, you know, they're not great. And so the AI control version of you is not great. And because of that, you have these multiple, you can two, three, four, I believe it was the maximum number? Four, oh, yeah. Four, isn't it? It's four. Otherwise, the thing doesn't work. Um, I'll talk about that later. There's a question about it later. But um, two, three, four. And, and you basically switch between them by simply hitting, when we play in the PS4 version, the X button. You know, it's, it's, and you, you know, accelerate with the right trigger. And that's fine. It's, it's just, it's, it, it takes a little bit getting used to. But once you get used to it and you, you get your head around it, it does require... How can I put it? Management. Yes, risk sure. Management. It's, Constant risk yes. management. That's right, yeah. That's kind of like part of the inspiration of the game is uh, in a regular boring racing game, which you'll probably never play again now, <laughs> where you've only got one track. Yes. Let's say you're you're better than them and you get to the booster to the front, smash them out of the way or overtake them, whatever, then you're in first. Unless you make a mistake for the rest of that course, you're going to stay in first, unless there's some insane rubber banding. Yes. Not there isn't that in drive, 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 of course. No. But so that's that's basically it. You're in first, unless you make a mistake, you stay in first. This is in this game, as you know, you're constantly battling for first place over a bunch of tracks. So that sensation of, you know, just smashing some cars out of the way, just getting to the finish line in first, jumping to another one. So you're always fighting for that first place. So I guess it's you know constant adrenaline shot. There are no blue you know? shells in this game, just to make it absolutely clear. Yeah, there was no Blue shells. There's no superstar things either. No, no. It's just you and the track and many other cars that are really dumb. <laughs> they are dumb. That's that's part of the core of the game. Right. That's why it works. <laughs> Everybody is dumb apart from you. The AI stands for artificial idiocy in this game. <laughs> Not artificial intelligence. So uh, that's a, I try and get across, and a lot of reviewers. Well, uh, a lot of people like the game. If it gets a bad review, it's because they're like, well. The AI is rubbish, but that's the point that's of the, the game. Point. If the AI was good, you would just race one track. Yeah. The point is you're battling against idiocy. Fortunately, your computer opponents are also awful. Yeah. So they will take each other out or get stuck on a piece of track or smash into each other or crash around the last corner. Or, I've seen some really you know. dumb things happen. And yeah. what's lovely about it is that for years and years and years, the biggest problem with racing games is that the AI was just too good or just too mm. too strict and wouldn't deviate from the racing line to the point mm. where they would actually shove you off the road <laughs> if you weren't mm. on the dra- racing line that they sure. were supposed to be on. Grand yeah, Turismo yeah. suffered from this terribly. It was just like, mm. drive along, like, no, I need to be in that space, please go away. Like, no, I'm seriously, I need to be there. Could you go out of the way? Just go. <laughs> just, so mm. this, this uh, to see incredible stupidity from, from yeah. computer-driven or, or control um, cars is is quite a feat. Um, that's quite. Uh, quite no, a... that's my bad programming skills. That's how I did it. 
But no, I think it's funny. So yeah, and I was mentioning reviews before. But yeah, so you know, some people say you know that's broken or. But if it's funny and it's bad AI, I kept it in the game because that's the core of the game. Yeah. Is you're battling against, as I say, battling against bad AI on all sides. So you've got to jump in and control that car, as you were saying earlier. Yeah. You need to get in there and power to first yeah. before it's too late. Before it's too late. Mm. The tracks in Drive, Drive, Drive do bear a remarkable resemblance to games like Trackmania and mm. also my age here, Stunt Car Racer. Yeah, Stunt Car Racer was a direct inspiration. So sure. how much have you drawn from those games, do you believe, to make Drive, Drive, Drive? Um, well, I do love Trackmania. And Stunt Car Racer is, is, was one of my favourite games when I was a youth. Right. Uh, just for that sensation of, uh, you know, racing kind of in on a track that you can drop off and the stunts and all the tricky stuff that you had to do. Um, so, yeah. And, yeah, Trackmania is great. I, I love the fact that the races are so short and they're just like a burst of, or at least on, the, you know, some of the PC versions. I can't remember which one specifically. There's so many versions of that game now. Yeah. You know, there's so many tracks, and you just get in and you blast through, and it's, it's over quite quickly. I, I quite like that. So that's, so yeah, they're both inspirations for sure. There was corkscrews in uh, Drive, 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 and that's what made me think of Stunt Car Racer because and and Trackmania actually. It's just the, yeah. the mere fact that everything just rotates. Corkscrews. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Just uh, I'm not, not spoiling anything there. I mean, they do appear eventually, everyone, but very early on. So don't worry. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The loops, there's corkscrews, there's big jumps. Yeah. Well, that. Okay. And there's multiple versions. Well, it's all the same, but they're all stacked on a mm. on each other. Looks like a crazy yeah. car park without any car parking spaces. <laughs> it's like, yeah. it's just like, where do they put? No, it's just a ramp thing. It's crazy. But this leads me on to my uh, next question. Really, is um, simultaneous racing is what we're talking about over multiple levels, and it's it's hard to grasp at first. I found. What challenges have you faced when communicating to the player their position in the race and what track they're on? Um, uh, a lot. Mm. Uh, <laughs> because, uh, as you mentioned, it, it's um, luckily it's more difficult to describe than it is to play, but it's still when you're sitting there and you've got one lap and you've got, let's say, three races going on at the same time, it's difficult to communicate to a player where they are across those three races. And also to alert them when there's a problem on a track they're not racing without being overtly irritating. Yeah. So if you're racing on a track and your car loses position on one of the other tracks, it flashes white both in the game and on the HUD, yes. which is on the bottom. So there's like, if there's three races, there's three mini maps bottom left and your score and boost and stuff is near the car in a kind of split second sort of style. Um, so basically, and then there's a score like top right, but your eyes pretty much, should be on the, the mini-maps. It's got a position, you know, your first, third, and first. So you want to jump into the track where you're the third and then kind of uh, boost through there. So a lot of – there was a lot of iterations, a lot of prototyping, trying stuff out. I had a flashing red at some point and more irritating sound. So, so yeah, you touched on a point that was difficult, which is getting the UI to be understandable, simple, do its job in a complicated cognitive situation and not be irritating. So – yeah, I find myself looking a lot at the midi maps. Yeah. To say, whoa, how did I get to seven from there? Yeah, sorry about that. First a second ago. That's the rubbish AI for you. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, what are you doing? And then you try to recover and stuff. And it's it's great. It really is good fun to to experience that, to to to, to uh, really sort of measure risk and see, well, they're fine. I mean, you know, I'm way ahead in front on that track. I'll yeah. leave that be. 
that'll be fine. It can't can't do that anything that stupid. Oh God! <laughs> you know, it's it's really good. It makes it makes me laugh. The game is made. Yeah. It's not. It's not. I've, I, there are a lot of indie games that I find the difficulty. They haven't quite got it right because of lack of pay testing and all sorts of other and naivety when it comes to design. No offense to any any developers listening just don't know you know you're too close to the coal face if you will and uh, when you actually give it to someone else they're like oh, this is unplayable and not it's not quite bad as that but you know what i mean it's just you know mm. proper play testing is it can't be understated or uh or it's it's it is important and what i found with drive 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 is even though um you can go hang on that that wasn't fair it didn't really matter because it was i was still entertained by it yeah uh, I mean, it's not fair it's not fair um but you know life isn't fair so it's kind of a metaphor <laughs> but yeah it should be entertainingly unfair let's say you know the computer car flies off a corner and takes out four other cars and you see it smashing into you or something you know that's it's not fair but it's funny you've enjoyed it yeah because you see it and go well that that it really is really is dumb and it, yeah. it, it, it does say that in the instructions like when you play like the, the other idiot drivers, <laughs> it just says it in the text. Like, yeah, well, the other, they're all the idiots. They're all same <laughs> facts. Yeah. Yeah. So... But yeah, on the playtesting, um, uh, choice provisions, uh, they help me a lot with that. A lot, a lot, a lot. So I get a new version. I send it to them like every every week. They get a new build, at least. And they gave me so much feedback to yeah. make it better and better and better. So without them, it wouldn't be, you know. Half it wouldn't be what it is now. And you just don't. Oh. You can't. As a creator, you can't. You know, it's like I've always said it when you have writers of a certain stature, they mm. end up going, Oh, I don't need an editor anymore. I'm better than that. Mm. No, you, you do. You, even you, actually, especially you. Yeah. You know, and uh, there's certain writers out there, I won't name them, but there's like, Yeah, no, this, this, what you didn't need five of these chapters. This wasn't needed, was it? Was it? You know, and yeah, I mean, you've got to be a little bit. I mean, I try to be pragmatic about everything, really. And uh, yeah, you know, you get criticism uh, from people you respect, and it stings. And you're like, well, I've been working on that for like a month, and I thought it was good, but yeah, then you have to, whether you're a writer or anything, you have to go away or take a little bit of time to reflect. And if it's right, change it and make it better. That's what that's what I try to do, and that's well, that's where choice provisions are so helpful. They just give me honest feedback, and most of the time they were right, and most of the time, most of the time I changed it, and the game was better. But you have to go through that, I guess, don't you? Something, you yeah. do. It's any creative process. It's destructive. Mm. Sure. It's very, very destructive. I've, I've, it doesn't make a lot of sense when you say it to someone. Like, a creative process is very, very destructive. You make a lot of things and then throw most of it away. Mm. And that's, that's okay. Because All what right. you're left with should be way better than what you started out with. Mm. The styling. Visual mm. styling. It's very similar to like, I don't know, something like Tron. A bit of a lazy mm. reference. We know what I mean. Sure. Was that always the way? Was it always looking like this? Um, and why? Uh, why? Uh, I like the low poly, like retro future look. If that makes any sense. Right. Uh, I don't like realistic depictions, really, of stuff. Oh, well, I mean, I don't know. Like, I like reality sometimes. Right. But I mean, uh, in the video games that I make, I never try and go for anything remotely realistic. One because I'm basically one guy uh, helped out by contractors and friends, and you know. On, on bits and bobs and and second it just doesn't appeal to me to do a representation of reality so when i started to think about this game i wanted to do something that was very stylized low poly set in space uh so not obeying any earth-based rules on gravity or anything like that so yeah and and as i said to you before uh, like the look and look and sound of things is very important to me so i just wanted to create something that was very distinct 
I know there's a lot of low poly games, especially from indie developers out there, but not that many uh, you know, deliberately low poly uh, racing games, as far as I know. Well, there's old ones, obviously. Yeah. Um. Finally, oh no, sad face. Yeah. You know, all good things come to an end. But we do have one final question. This is something. It's a bit high level, but I thought I'd ask it anyway. Go on. From my experience with Drive, 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 mm-hmm. I feel there is two key elements to it. Yes, there's comedy and lunacy, and that's great. Mm-hmm. But there's something else going on. There's a puzzle element as well as a tactical one. Mm-hmm. At what point do you believe one overrides the other? Um, there's a puzzle as well as a tactical element. Uh, I don't know, really. That's a very difficult <laughs> question to ask. You, le- you left the uh, difficult question to the end. Yeah, I mean, there's tactics to the game. It is very stupid, but there are, as you say, there's a tactical approach. So as um, you get more tracks, the higher up in the stack a track is, the faster it races. So the top track will finish first, typically. So you might want to jump in and sort that out um, and then have time to jump to a slower track. So that's that's part of it. Sometimes some of the tracks crash into each other you might be, you know, on the second track, you're going to know after the first corner there's going to be a smash with the other cars. You want to take control of that. So I don't know. I guess it's a mixture of, you know, fast-paced track management, a bit of puzzling and racing, I guess. So I didn't really answer your question. The lines are blurred, as in real life. Yeah, and that's why I want to draw out of you because this is exactly what I'm saying is that you can't categorise this game. You can't say, oh, it's a puzzle action game. No, it's not. It's it's an arcade game with tactics and, lo- yeah, yeah, there's another thing that is that, that uh, I think a lot of people are thinking, I'm not going to try that because it's a racing game. And it is a racing game, but also it's not, as, as you're kind of saying. It's, it's kind of a management. You don't need to be good at racing games to be good at drive, 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 because the controls are really simple, yeah. and you just have to smash through stuff, really. So They're not asking you to hit the racing line at perfect no. speed or angle. No. Really. I'm asking you to smash, bash other cars off the track, do a couple of loops and jump, jump to another track, See what's going on there, and just yeah. sneak up the finish line. So you, you don't have to be good at racing games to play this game. You just have it's, to. Uh... It's akin to spinning plates, only yeah. less less annoying, and yeah. less 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 messy with the plate smashing. Yeah, but it is very much akin to. And I just love the fact that in one minute you 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 chugging along, going, I'm third on this one, but the top one's first. I'm fine. Then you look over again, eighth. He's eighth now. You were first a second. What were you? And then you go and try and recover it and fail, and that's okay. You get a bronze as opposed to a silver, but that's all right. You know, I mean, there's lots, of, there's other things, aspects I want to delve into, but you know, lack of time and and drag on. But I think there's lots of unlocking going on. But you are rewarded a lot. I mean, there's a lot of trophies in the PS4 version of Notice. Was that a, a conscious decision, or is this a bit of fun? Um, no, I tried to make the the single player campaign quite. Tight. Actually, I had a, a hundred tracks, so it's split into two campaigns. One that's ridiculously hard, called Offensive. Yes. And the main one's called Campaign. Um, again, this is where Choice Provisions have. I had a hundred tracks in the main campaign, and everything was a bit slower to unlock. And they were like, "No, make it short to make it tighter." So, and they were absolutely right again. So, like every three tracks, you unlock a car. There's the four different game modes. So, if you jump in and get into that campaign, it should be like, "Bam, bam! Wow, uh, what's this new thing? Smash me in the face! New environment!" No. So it's, the idea was to make that core experience very tight and very, you know, immediately rewarding, or you know, also reward for little effort kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, we could go on and on as we could, mm. you know, as we could hear. 
I mean, we didn't delve into the multiplayer, but I apologise. Uh, I just want oh, well. to focus on the, the mechanics of the game itself. And the track creator as well. We didn't yes. touch on Because all the tracks play. are made in the track creator. There's a track creator where you can create up to four tracks, spin them around, put them upside down, get them to crash into each other. Each track has its own gravity, so you can create lots of um, crazy stuff if you were that way inclined. <laughs> so they interact with each other, don't they? Even though you don't want them to. Yeah, you can you can make a, a rubbish track if you like. It doesn't work. You have to finish all the races to to save it. But yeah, so you can spin them around and say put them upside down. A lot of the tracks in the game part part of the thing is having like a, a crossroads jump with like three tracks going into each other. So you can expect a massive midair pileup. Yeah, if you can imagine what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah, because they're dumb. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they didn't right. do that. They're just like yeah. Oh really? Oh, okay, okay. Let's just smash into each other. But uh, yeah, it's very satisfying when you see him flip over and stuff. It's really fun, and it, it is very fluid, very fluid. Thank you. So, Drive, Drive, Drive is out on the PlayStation Four, Windows PC, and Mac. Is that right? That is correct. Yeah. Yes, I have a Mac laptop, so that makes me a happy man. Cool. So I'll be able to play it on the plane when I fly off to Pax East in a couple of months. Can you believe that? Anyway. Mm. <laughs> um, Gordon, it's been fantastic having you on. Thank you very, very much for sharing your thoughts and your experience. No, thank you for having me. It's been, been great fun. I'm, I'm happy to hear that. I'm more than welcome mm-hmm. to come back to tell us what next is on the horizon or whatever next game you have. Yeah, yeah, that'd be great. Yeah, I'd love to have you on. But uh, in the meantime, best of luck with Drive, Drive, Drive. Thank you very much for making it and sharing your thoughts with, it, with us today. Thank you. And so ends another episode of the Sausage Factory. Do leave us an iTunes review. And you can also, don't forget, listen to us on Stitcher.com. So just go to Stitcher.com and you can stream the show from there. You just look up the Sausage Factory and you can find us. That'd be great. You can follow me on Twitter at Chris O'Regan, no apostrophes. And uh, if you want to email me, any feedback on the show, or actually you're a developer and listen to this show and want your game featured on it, please do email me at chris at spong.com. Also, don't forget to check out the Computer Game Show, which is the stablemate podcast, should we say, of spong.com. Bye!